0: The world of social media can play a huge role in the success of a new product line if it doesn't kill it first. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. In the category of fast fashion, consumers can be notoriously fickle. Who really knows what the factors are that determine the success or failure of a new product, which doesn't stay on the shelves for very long in any case? Now, though, retailers have access to critical information about consumer preferences in the form of such social media platforms as Facebook and Twitter. In the past, this rich mine of data could only be acquired through focus groups. But how reliable is the information that populates these sites? How should it be used? And how can companies integrate it with their traditional forecasting and intelligence-gathering methods? We get answers from my guest today, Peter Akbar, Vice President and Chief Customer Officer for Fashion with SAP. He talks about the promise and the pitfalls of social media as a means of gauging consumer taste. Social media platforms have their drawbacks, he says, but companies that fail to exploit them will be left in the dust. So here is my conversation with Peter Akbar. Peter Akbar, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much, Robert.
0: Are manufacturers and retailers really using social data to determine product styles and quantities and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, actually, Robert. So, and the answer is is broadly yes. They could do a lot more to do it. If you, uh, if you look across the fashion space, many customers of, uh, of SAP, for example, have great forecasting solutions, and they're forecasting today and getting it right because they're selling what they're making. But, of course, fashion, as you know, Robert, is, is notoriously fickle, right? So you can make a great product, but if you haven't hit it just right, you're going to have stuff left over at the end of the season. And that, of course, leads to markdowns and loss of margin and sometimes even brand issues where you've got to burn stuff just to maintain your brand strength, and uh, we've seen that before. So what we're really seeing is, is that, that social is out there. We're showing that um, if you actually look and hear what your customers are saying about your products, you have an opportunity to actually influence, you know, every step along the chain, whether it's the forecast, uh, whether it's the buy and make decisions, whether it's the distribution and selling, where are you going to put the stuff? And of course, overlying the whole piece then is, is, is a constant sort of feedback.
0: And what types of social media are they really listening to, and are proving to be of most value in this regard?
1: Well, if you if you take I mean whether you take a look at Twitter, whether you look at what's happening on Facebook, these are the of course the the, the key key areas. Essentially, by tracking these these places uh, and and any of the other social media that are that are you know popping up these days, you're getting an idea of what your consumers and what your customers are saying about you. And whether that's a, a big event, you know, whether whether that's, for example we've we've done some SAP has done some studies of uh, what happens during the um, the fashion weeks um, recently, and and we've seen you know the experts talking about hey the the, the next new thing is going to be red. But whereas if you look at what, uh, what the social talk was all about, it was actually pink or orange. So there are those examples where you can look uh, directly at what people are saying on these major channels and uh, you draw an inference and say, OK, that's what the, uh, the, the favorite color, for example. Or it could be a favorite pattern or it could, for example, be just understanding that different parts of the world are expecting different print or feathers or fur, for example.
0: Well, that's interesting because my impression has always been that fashion trends are largely dictated by the designers and then pushed out to the buyers. And if you're saying that, let's say, a particular trend emerges at a fashion show, but then you hear on social media that something else is happening, what is that type of input? That's not just consumers saying, we don't want red, we want pink. Where are they mining that information on social media that actually is driven by designers as opposed to just getting a general feel for the taste of the consumer?
1: Right. Well, I think, 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 you know, first of all, you've got to have a widespread. So the social analytic tools have got to hit a, hit a widespread of the different places where, you, where you're going to hear sentiment. And we've already talked about, you know, two of things, Facebook or Twitter. But once you've got that input and you've got your you're about to you know, hit the button on, on you know, confirming your forecast and. And you're talking to your designers and you're saying, well, to your designers, well, I want you to do a distribution of products across with these sorts of prints and bold prints and stripes, et cetera, these colors. What we're seeing is it makes it, it makes sense now because you have – before you didn't have the social analytics. Now you have them. You can do an overlay basically to see, well, does it make – is my distribution that I'm going to – back to design uh, and commit to the design makes sense compared to what – is actually trending on social because the, the 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 danger if if you don't do it the data is there the data there but if you don't look at it and you don't take notice of it you can get it completely wrong and of course Robert you know as, as you know um, you know fashion companies these days are a bit like you know uh, highly tuned racing cars right so every tenth of a second helps and and with faster fashion understanding your consumer the end consumer very fast is, is of, of key importance. So even if you've made the decision to go and, um, and buy, then the next thing, of course, is, well, where have I got to put it? So where, is, uh, uh, you know, where, where are the hot places? Now, typically, you've done your distribution modeling after you've done your buying or your construction of your products. Where should you put it? So again, the social analytics there can help us. By saying that, for example, you know, de- denim, for example, and denim colours are really popular in the US. So let's make sure that we, we, we focus uh, a lot there with denim and leather and lace. But in, in the, you know, for example, in the Middle East and in Europe, make sure that we have a good combination of fur and, and feathers uh, compared to uh, uh, fur and uh, compared to denim and lace, for example.
0: Let's talk about a specific use case that got a lot of chatter on the social media recently, and that was the April 15th release by Target of the uh, Lily Pulitzer line of resort wear, which sold out almost instantly. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, where does social media come into that, and, and how, how is it that Target could learn anything about a brand that's already sold so fast that the social media, how can it even matter after the fact?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Well, I think, I think there are two aspects to, to that. One, one was a very, uh, very clever way of, uh, of pitching what they were about to market uh, on social media. So you had uh, designers who uh, – great design, of course, but you had consumers who wanted that. And by releasing this information that it was going to be available, at, of course, at a cost that, uh, that most people could then afford, you, you've got a, a sort of market-winning combination. But that was done on social media. So if you look at the the conversations on Twitter and Facebook, these are things lit up, basically, about this impending release. So they created, with social media, the demand for this product, right? Obviously, a good product to begin with. You can't just do it on social. Um, But when it got sold out... And it's things like, could, could they have sold more? Because, you know, having known the conversations that were going on and the, the strong demand, so could they have actually made more and pushed the button on that one? And in the future, and what, what can you learn about that? It's, it's learning about, well, where did it sell out first? What was the strength of the overbuy? So, for example, Robert, you know, if you detected that in New York, that there was a lot of chatter, we couldn't get this product well, what about next time ensuring that New York has adequate supply? Now, that doesn't mean that you you want all products uh, to have uh, full supply. We all know in fashion that some products are going to always be limited. But if you're talking about maximizing the speed of these fast fashion uh, type businesses, then you want to make sure that you can sell to the maximum. And that's what what, uh, would be the next step. In for a fact, company like target.
0: In fact, target said that it thought it had a few weeks' worth of merchandise in that particular line and it ended up selling right. much faster. Now, depending on how you position that situation, you could say, "Well, that's a great success. They sold out faster than they thought, greater demand than they thought." And yet on the other hand, as you just pointed out, maybe they could have sold more, maybe it was a failure. Maybe they had misjudged right. and didn't put out enough of it. And, and social media didn't tell them what they needed to know that they could have sold for weeks more and made much more money on it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the demand was so high there. And, uh, and again, it's about, uh, you know, I think companies are at a point where they need to uh, start believing in the, in the media too, in the social media as well, as, a, as an important input. It's not the only input as we, as we know. But in this particular case, and in cases where you really have consumers uh, uh, that are after a hot product, um, doing that, uh, understanding, first of all, what your consumers want, understanding where they want it, so the hotspots, and then, of course, making sure you've got the supply chain to go deliver it, uh, absolutely key. And I, and I would agree with you that uh, uh, that they could certainly have made more money had they had more product and still kept the exclusivity of, uh, of that particular one.
0: See, what we're hearing as recently as a couple of years ago was uh, merchandisers like H&M and Zara, for instance, bragged about the ability to make very quick adjustments to a, a line or a season of apparel. Uh, they would send the stuff out to stores and they would know so fast what was going on that they could make adjustments. If they knew a particular store needed some and another one didn't, they could quickly shift that over. If they knew what color was being made, they could make more of those. But I wonder if we're not already past that. Again, I'm wondering if things happen so fast in this world that there's no time to do anything other than sit back and hope that whatever you planned and the way you set it up originally is going to pay off the way you thought.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a really, really good point. And I think that then the answer to that, it boils down to the kind of products that you're making. I mean, if you're into the Zara world, I mean, even with the Zara world, they have staples that are going to be around longer than, say, a couple of weeks or eight weeks. But even by checking and looking at social analytics and actually bringing that into the decision-making process, you can fine-tune uh, what the, the offerings are. So if you're a heavily manual, unscalable kind of operation uh, where you're relying on you know a lot of the, um, the store management, for example, about what's selling, what isn't, to get the overall insight to scale that model you're going to need to have sort of big data analytics as well, knowing what's selling in your stores, aligned with uh, you know the, the the social chat about what you've just been selling.
0: Yeah, I could see the challenge though, because up to this point, you know, companies talk about the challenge of new product introductions, and that is that assuming or predicting demand for a new product is difficult because that new product has no particular history. Well, it seems to me that in the world of fast fashion now. Everything is a new product, and therefore you, you're constantly being burdened by the inability to completely and accurately predict because you have no history mm-hmm. of that given thing that you're doing. So, But you're saying that's yeah. not necessarily the case. You're saying that social media can actually provide you with some intelligence that might not be an exact fit but can still give you a sense of how each exactly. new line is going to perform.
1: Yes, exactly. Because as, you, as you're building up – imagine this, Robert. You're building up a portfolio of social media uh, reaction to the to the products that you've produced, to the uh, the fashion shows, the events happening on TV, social events, sporting events, etc. So in the past, folks would uh, with traditional forecasting systems would look back and say, do something called like modeling, right? So they would say, okay, we're going to produce something with a with a with a yellow stripe, and we'll look back in the in the catalogue and see how well we did. So you can now do that by, by slicing, by, but again, having the analytical capabilities to slice and dice your data from social. You can say, okay, where is that yellow stripe, as it were, amongst all of that mass of data and to pick out, if you like, the like modeling that you would normally do on a, on a, if you had a long sales history, but actually apply it then to your social analytics and social data and draw out that like model from the, uh, from the sentiment. So it's possible to do. It's it's you need to have uh, big data. obviously real time helps, and certainly having data, uh, you know, an online database like Hanap is, is a very important part for that uh, for that decision making process.
0: Can social media be totally trusted? I mean, uh, clearly, even though you get all this excitement and buzz and noise on social media, but when you really think about it mm-hmm. in terms of the actual percentage of the population, and for that matter, even the consuming population, it's really a rather small slice. So is it a question that we tend – we might be in danger of over putting too much emphasis on social media reaction or are those people on social media the so-called leaders, trend leaders that are the ones that are going to dictate – what 's going to happen even though they are in the minority
1: right I, I think it's a bit of both I mean you have to be, you have to be careful i don 't think that uh, social media can be the thing that drives your supply chain. I think it 's got to be done with a bunch of the you know the best forecasting techniques that you have, but it 's about having an overlay and we get back to the racing car piece it 's about actually finding those extra tents and the reality is of course, is that there are leaders on social on the social side so it 's not all um, you know when you look at where the sentiment's coming from it 's it's a mixture. It's a mixture of um, brand ambassadors out there. We know about those. It's a a mixture of, as we say, non-brand ambassadors, but people who are passionate about the brand who are talking. So so it's a mixture. I think the key thing is to be able to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff and actually find out what the key messages are. Because clearly, if if your analytics only looks at sentiment and doesn't understand that that some of that sentiment is coming from, uh, say, paid placements or paid um, adverts, then, of course, you could be going down the wrong path entirely. So... Uh, having the analytical capabilities to separate that out, I think, is very, very important.
0: What are the challenges involved in integrating social media input with traditional forecasting models?
1: Yeah, great question. The key thing is the the, the challenges are on one side. You've got um, hard data, so forecasting. Look at last year's sales or the previous five years et cetera, and extrapolating them forward using statistical techniques. And then on the other side, you've got the analytics data. You have to make sure that if, if you can bring the two together, and that's the key piece, you've got those social analytics, which, for example, say, hey, pink is the right thing, or that we can extrapolate that, uh, that we would sell out of this new print dress in, uh, in L.A., in Vegas, in New York, um, and that's where the stuff has got to be. You can overlay that on top of your existing forecasts whether it's um, the, the forecast to make, the forecast to distribute, whether it's in, in your stores or to your wholesale um, customers. It's that overlay that counts and, and putting the data into a format that everyone can understand and read. And that's the trick and that's the challenge of converting social into data that people can say, yes, I will give you, so, I, I will give you actionable insights um, if you follow that, hey, we need to go for, the, uh, for this color rather than the, uh, the stripes, for example.
0: Do you see social media as a tool essentially for mass marketing or reaching individuals? And the reason I ask that question is because now the intelligence that retailers can harvest from information on social media allows them to understand almost the individual consumer, Uh, everybody who's online and they know so much about us today. I'm wondering if they view social media as more of a way to pinpoint those individual Consumers, or groups of consumers, or whether it is in fact this true mass marketing tool.
1: I think it's a bit of both, and I think depending on the business, you have consumers, for example, in the luxury end, um, obviously far less consumers, but but also with a very you know with a lot of revenue behind them. Plus, you have the mass market. So I think the answer is, lies in both. I think the also to make it effective um, and and bringing those those numbers to bear from social analytics, you you also need to have completely joined up supply chain, Robert. So it's it's no good, for example, uh, understanding that. Your, you know your analysts are telling you that you should be producing more pink um, if you can't go execute it uh, and also if you don't understand what's happening in in your on your retail front as well as your wholesale front um, if you' if you've got a strong brand um, immediately you can't take steps um, to do anything and you mentioned before that well what can you do if you've already, you know you're already into your buying? Uh, what can you do if your social analytics are telling you, hey, we, 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 um, we've got more demand here? Well, you can actually change your distribution profiles. You can actually change and make sure that the places that need the stock can get it based on your uh, expectations from social media. But once again, you can only do that quickly if everything, you know, your entire ERP, for example, is on um, in memory and that you have retail, wholesale uh, and or manufacturing buying on the same solution. So you can, you can take immediate advantage of those uh, social uh, media inputs.
0: Yeah, and if, if, in fact, as I mentioned before, you even have time to do that, even even the most agile and responsive supply chain might be too slow for the way that things <laughs> actually work today. Let me ask you about uh, another potential use of social media in terms of marketing in fast fashion. That is the opportunity to test new products. Instead of just coming out with a line and just you know, imposing it on the marketplace and then monitoring it and see how everybody likes it, is there a way in which you can kind of – Test the waters, find out what people are saying socially, and then use that as information. Propagate back up the supply chain to create your actual line for that season.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And yes, yes, the answer is absolutely yes. You know, if, you, if you've got if you've built up a connection with your consumers, and you can show that uh, you know you're sharing a new design with them, whether it's an email database or, or folks that are following you, um, your your website, your Twitter site, whatever, um, you can share that. With them nowadays, these days, and designers can have a much closer connection with their with their consumer, and then get the feedback. And of course, that can actually go back into the direct the direct product. And um, you know, we've seen that stretch over not just uh, fashion, but there was I mean a great example of that with um, you know on the on the on the food side with uh, those crisps, you know, uh, recently with uh, with the uh, for example letting consumers design their own pieces. Yeah, from a from a product standpoint, that also can happen on the fashion side. So you're, you're basically bringing the two worlds together, the consumer and the designer uh, in one. And, and that has to be that's done through social. So absolutely, you can, your, your customers can help you uh, make the right decisions for your product.
0: And then a related question is, in what way can social media be used as a way to proactively pull the consumer before you've produced anything? Uh, to get a right. sense of what, as opposed to the traditional idea of fashion, as I mentioned before, imposing your design on the public and hoping it catches, somehow managing to get a sense of what what public taste is now before you even set forth to produce something, can social media be a value there?
1: Yeah, huge value, and I think the you know the Target example is a great one too. You know, with the uh, the Pulitzer design wear. So by actually sort of launching that as an idea before, well before you know the the first prints were even made, uh, you, you had an idea of what was going to happen. And um, you know if, if you're if you're seeing if you've got the analytical tools to see what's lighting up that before you've even made it, I mean that's fantastic. Because as you know, Robert, I mean the, you know in the in the good old days, you know if you had a great product, you put you, you put it out there, people come to buy it. And, um, you know, and then, then you, would, you would then place the buys, for example, on your, on your production centers. So, uh, And, of course, the, the people buying and in, in, uh, you know, the other wholesale retailers buying from you would come into your showrooms to look at what was going on. Nowadays, you can, you can include now the end customer. And that's a massive piece. Uh, and if you don't have that as part of your, um, you know, are we going to be okay on this uh, design or this uh, collection for this season – you get it right, you, you're going to end up with uh, hopefully a sellout on the very last day. So you've maximized your profits and maximized all of your, your throughput. But if you get it wrong, like uh, we believe that, you know, for example, if the Target uh, example where they uh, sold out so quickly, uh, where they could have made more, then that's a, that's a tough one. And equally, if you've got stuff left over at the end of the season because you didn't listen to your consumers, both scenarios are equally valid. Social media playing a very big part there. To to even drive the demand in the first place.
0: What are the potential limitations of of reliance on social media by merchandisers, if if any? Any caveats that they should keep in mind about over reliance on that particular channel? Yeah. Well,
1: I think at the 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 end of the day, it's magic. Yeah. So so a lot of people are creating great product. That's never you're never going to take that away with uh, with social analytics. I think that the the important thing is is to is to bring the two worlds together. So to bring from a design perspective, understand from the, the commercial aspects of the design, you know what, what, how much your product's costing, etc. Of course, what it's going to look like, look and feel. That, that's never going to go away. But you have to augment it now with the social piece. The risk is going too far the other way. If you don't do any social, then you're pretty much flying blind, right? Um, if you do too much social, then potentially you're, you're, you, you, you could get a distorted view of your distribution models or your, what you're going to be buying or making. And so that could go the other way, too. I think what you actually have to go, go for is an is a inclusive um, uh, sort of result where you get both um, sets of data and you can make the, uh, the call out. It's all about giving insight to action. But, of course, you don't want to be over-reliant on any one source, but having all the sources these days, is absolutely critical. Yeah,
0: isn't it doing a little bit of a deal with the devil? I mean, social media can be <laughs> so valuable to a company, indeed essential to a company today. But it can also kill you if it, if it goes, if, if sentiment yeah. goes against you and and something goes viral uh, against you and your products. So I guess you, I don't know how you would prevent that, but you'd be aware of it.
1: Right, right, Robert. And I think in other aspects, it's not just about the actual product uh, itself. It's also about where it's made. So consumers, customers are getting much more savvy about, you know, the social conditions and, and where some of this stuff is coming from. So having a green supply chain or having a uh, a value supply chain, of course, but but it's one that is ethical, is in uh, in many channels, is becoming more and more important. And if you get that piece wrong, and you, you know, then your brand can suffer, and even your stock price can suffer, as, as we've seen happen with customers in the past. So the social so the the, the where it's made is all part of that mix and the social uh, media analytics on on those aspects of your supply chain also become very important
0: too. So where's this all going, Peter? What's the next big wave of fast fashion and the the new the future forecasting challenges that retailers and merchandisers face, especially with regard to social media? Do you have some kind of a crystal ball you can look into and tell me what kind uh, of the, uh, next, <laughs> the next radical turn in this whole picture might be?
1: Right, I would love to look into that. Yeah, so so I think, yeah, there's a couple of things. Well, one is is that it's not going away. Uh, I think the customers who don't have some kind of social analytic strategy are going to get left behind. We already heard from the Harvard Business School. You know, they, they talk about organizations with the most advanced analytic capabilities actually outperform the competition. So if you don't do something to augment your analytical capabilities with social, you're going to be left in the dust. So that's that's one piece. And the second one is having joined up solutions to take advantage of the insight that you're getting from social. So uh, today's systems, we're talking uh or the yesterday yesterday's systems. You had separate solutions, for example, for wholesale uh, and for retail. In today's in today's world, you can put those together and have them on one platform. So I think the one platform approach, uh, one database aligned with your social, aligned with your um, your forecasting and your designers, is, is is the only way forward because then you can react intensely, quick, very quickly, uh, for stock distribution and of course for the initial buy.
0: That's some great insights into the world of fast fashion and social media. Peter Akbar, I really want to thank you for being with us today and helping us to understand where this is going. We're all trying to keep up desperately with trends, but I think you've done a really good job summing it up. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome, Robert. Thank you so much.
0: That was my conversation with Peter Akbar of SAP. Talking about the mining of social media by purveyors of fast fashion. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my think tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter at scbrain. You can also download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.